Well, good morning. I'm just going to chat a little bit this morning about an idea I've been working with. I'm kind of um, emboldened by yet another um, compliment about my voice. <clears throat> Even though it sounds terrible this morning. <clears throat> it's really early. Nobody's awake yet. But I just wanted to talk about all the different types of meditation, Buddhist meditation techniques, or Buddhist even sex. I mean, I don't have anything specifically written down. It's something I've been working with for a while. I'll just give an example of a recent division of four different styles. It was uh, noting, I believe, in Goenka style. I it, I can't remember exactly, but let's, let's so noting. Noting's the same as labeling. Labeling's the same as seeing the dependent origination of a feeling, a thought, an action, an object. It's it's the same as the body scan. It's noting how the body sits and feels and relaxing it. Satipasana, it's the original mindfulness-based sutra talking about use your breath as your object of uh, focus. You can even use it as your object of insight. That's where dependent origination, the emptiness of all objects and all feelings and everything, the interdependence, the cause and effect. Uh, even something like Zogchen or the Mahamudra. At their heart are exactly the same. I mean, <laughs> even the Yogacara, which is where I spent 20 years. Right? It came from... <clears throat> came from a Western existentialist perspective into Sanskrit, heavy, so it was Upanishads, uh, uh, the Gita, later the, the Yoga Sutra, which heavily influenced me getting into Mahayana. Now I love Tibetan, knowing now after 40 years, I'm exaggerating a bit after 30 two years, I've realized that the Tibetan was just taking what works, right? Kind of a, not a distillation, but uh, an appreciation for all of these different techniques that worked. They're a little weird because they absorbed, unlike the Japanese that each of the different uh, lineages of Buddhism thrives on their own, arguably. But Shinto was left to its own devices, and, and they were allowed to coincide, but they didn't mix. Like Taoism and Bon and similar animalistic practices, for example, that were um, combined with Buddhism, say uh, mysticism or uh, a shamanistic culture in some of the other ones. I won't mention any. I don't want to hurt any feelings. So I went to Tibetan 
because I found it had the the purity of message of meaning of 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 its 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 goal right was to liberate all beings but i ran into that problem with bodhicitta doesn't cover everything especially for a westerner with this self-loathing it's hard to turn compassion on oneself it really is so i came from a different practice my own guru doesn't personally nor believe in a lesser vehicle, the Hinayana, believes it's a beginner vehicle. The lower vehicle. You need to begin with this understanding that the self is nascent. It's uh, emergent. It's, it's something used, as I've said over and over again. The self is our greatest... Uh, barrier to happiness, true, unencumbered bliss that what we're all looking for. But it's also our greatest tool to navigate this. Right? I mean, it's a real duality, but it's an understanding in non-duality that Every sect understands this already. It just sees it from a different perspective. I like the Yogacara perspective that the only thing you can manage is your perceptions because you're not experiencing it firsthand. It's really too difficult to get into. But what I discovered is even the Yogacara teachings are no different than any of the others because you need to go back to the Theravada teaching to establish that the self, the body, the feelings, volitions, Vedanta, it's all just one. So it's not that the self doesn't exist. It's not that it's not about your self. The idea is there is one self. And you're just grasping on to it wrong. An idea of um, taking a little bit of a piece of communal property and using it for oneself. That's why I say my religion is equanimity. And it seems like they're coming around to seeing this. You can only talk so much about metta before you realize that loving kindness doesn't solve our traumas and our savageness. And it doesn't help you when you get off that cushion and you step back into life. The only thing that helps you, the thing that's at the heart of every single one of these trainings, is to understand that you are not the center of the universe. In fact, what you attach to as you, as self, is nothing more than a delusion. Because it doesn't last long enough for you to hold on to, 
but your perception is so jaded, you're so confused about what's really going on, you're so stuck inside this system of the self that you can't see it for what it really is. It's uh, an old quote of not being able to see the bars in one's cage or to see the forest for the trees. Right, so I guess maybe it's a different perspective having gone through um, in a backwards way, but then recently I, I ran into someone who had gone through it in the same similar way, but they had a different perspective. It's funny how that happens. I guess I'm different that way. Because even when I went through the Gita and uh, the Upanishads, Nietzsche and uh, Camus, um, I mean, I could make a very long list. For me, it boils down to one simple truth, that no matter what, the teaching is to be selfless. The Christianity and Judaism and Zoroastrianism, I mean, there's almost no system that has shown itself to work. Sure, there's systems that people don't believe it, but for the most part, these surviving, beautiful, human ideas of oneness and of compassion and because I ran into this recently. They were talking about this idea of, you know, meta meditation or this meditation or that meditation. Oh, you can't use meta meditation on its own. I mean, loving kindness is awesome, but it's like someone said honestly in the same space that they're using mindfulness to... Uh, oh, no, that was in our own space, actually. Yeah, see, we have greater talks in our in our private little uh, meditation uh, group than we do in, a, in, in many much larger meditation groups. So what we need are these small little groups, these little Dharma affinity groups, as they wanted to call them. But, I mean, they're... they're uh, they're part of the path so I mean what I wanted to do was play a game and I take take too long I mean I needed to make this three minutes but I wanted to play a game and show that uh, every single one of these practices boiled down to the exact same thing I mean I even saw a meme someone put up same teachings between uh, Buddhism and uh, Christianity But I wanted to play a game and and say, well, you name the practice, and it boils down to the same truths, right? The marks of existence, that life is suffering. It's dissatisfying because of our selfish desires, this misunderstanding that we are we are extra special or we're even part of a system separate from the rest. It's talking about that same idea that dependent origination, meaning everything that you think, feel, see, experience, is all part of a 
long string of causation. So you don't have to believe that you have full control over your reality, but you do have control over the choices you make and you live with the outcomes. That's it. That's, that's karma for you. Right? And the same goes with emptiness. It's the idea that, well, everything is empty because it's, it's temporary and it's impermanent. And this idea of attaching to the selfish self is the cause of our dissatisfaction, the cause of others' dissatisfaction. And it's simply that simple. Right? You break down any of these teachings. I mean, I can't... The only thing that ran into me that bothered me a little bit is I see a lot of confusion between the separation of Shamatha and Vipassana. Insight meditation and uh, calm concentration. And within them, they break them down further. Right? So Vipassana is the contemplation of impermanence. Six, and Shamatha is Anapanasati, that's mindfulness of breath. That's how you can be calm if you need to. And then it talks about the Brahma Viharas. Right? But it forgets to talk about how they're all tied together. It mentions that you look at the contemplation of conditionality and it counteracts ignorance. But above it, it says six elements practice counteracts conceit. Well, conceit's the same as ignorance. And then it talks that ignorance is then, it develops wisdom and compassion. They break it down in too much. You don't separate them. You must remain calm to do these insights. Think about it. If ignorance blocks your understanding, doubt is transformed to wisdom. So you have to stay calm while you dismantle your doubts and your ignorance, your conceit, your craving, your attachments, your aversions. At the same time, these are the three poisons, attachment, aversion, ignorance. And they're, um, they're opposite are the Brahma-viharas. So you don't separate them out, certainly not as two separate practices. I mean, they happen at the same time. If you're developing uh, equanimity, upekka, it says fixed indifference and apathetic neutrality is what it, it counteracts, and it develops equanimity. What? It doesn't tell people. I come from a French background, so equanimité is much more like the idea of fraternité, uh, brotherhood, this um, idea of oneness, of all, and equality. In English, it's just a word, it seems, because it doesn't teach that we're all a one. So that's why things like modita, sympathetic joy, or I like empathetic joy, right? So you can 
feel others' joy, not your own enmity. Compassion. Compassion for oneself, sure. But compassion for those who we distrust, mistrust, or those who have maligned us. Loving kindness is a two-way street. Four-way if you consider loving and kindness. But the idea is where love might smother, kindness can temper. Where kindness won't push you to do that right thing, love will make you selfless. Selfless. And then concentration. That's the Anapanasati. But that could be Satipatthana. Um, not just the breath, but the body itself as well. And all of it is the same teaching, but it can't separate them. We separate them to teach, but then we leave them apart. And then here we are, looking for one book that can teach, and honestly, there is no such thing for anything. There is no one book that can teach you engineering. There's one book that can give you the basics, the fundamentals. Right? I love that one of uh, my fellow Dharma lovers mentioned is that we're, and it's a quote of someone else that wrote this about us learning, but it's like we're we're building the airplane while we're flying. Right? So we're putting it together and we're trying to hold it together. But that and nowhere in that does it tell us um, we have time for uh, the drink cart, right? So <laughs> it's all hands on deck. we got to hold this stuff together. We can't uh, pull back on the throttle or stuff might start falling apart. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about how I was going to play a little game and say, will you give me a, a sect or a, a tradition and I'll give you the very heart of, of Buddhism. It's dependent origination, emptiness, it's uh, um, the, the marks of existence, it's uh, the noble truths, the Eightfold Path, and, right? You can bring in Anapanasati. That's just being aware that it's all temporary. I mean, the breath is at, always at hand, but it's also uniquely impermanent because you're always transitioning between breath and, uh, and exhaust, I guess, would be the opposite. But, yeah, neither here nor there. I wonder. 20 minutes is a lot of time. Wow.